on WAJR AM and FM. This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free, 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome to the program. It is Friday. Give yourself a pat on the back. You have done it. Your first full week back from the holidays. Congratulations. You made it to Friday. You know what? Have an extra cup of coffee on us. Or your drink of choice at mm-hmm. uh, 9.06 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Welcome into the program. It's Dave and Sarah. Coming up, it is Friday. That means it's Anything Goes Friday. We'll take your calls on anything you want to talk about. Give us a call at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. You can also text us, 304-TALK-304, if you'd like to text into the show. We, uh Appreciate those as well. And we're on Twitter at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. At Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Anything goes Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, we did not get to this back on Wednesday. I plan on getting to it today. Mountain Line Transit Authority in Montague County, some of the issues that have been raised this week. Uh, we'll do that uh, about 10 minutes from now. Okay. Hey, how you doing, Sarah? Hi, I'm great. First full week back. I guess kind of technically for us, we don't for take us, those yeah, big long no. breaks anyway. We've had we've had normal weeks. Off My the wife road. was congratulating herself last night uh, for making it for through yep. the first full well week done. of work uh, after the holidays. So I just yeah. kind of looked and went, mm-hmm. "Must be nice." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of back to work down at the uh, state capitol is uh, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. It's already been an action-packed, or at least an interesting pact two days of the legislative session. Brad joins us on the Talk of the Town. Hey, Brad. Hey, we're still trying to figure out stuff here, and we'll be spending the next, <laughs> what, what is it now, 58 days F- trying to figure out stuff? Are you counting down already? Well, I mean, it's the natural <laughs> thing to do. What, what jumps out to you through, I guess we're into the third day now, uh, what has jumped out to you through the first couple of days of the session so far? You know, I mean, one of the most intriguing things that Governor Justice uh, announced as a priority during his State of the State address was Jim's dream. Uh, and when I talk about trying to figure stuff out, I, I'm still kind of trying to figure out the aspects of what Jim's dream may be. But it has something to do with uh, job training that will be available for people with uh, addiction problems in West Virginia, although the governor followed up by saying he would like that job training to be available uh, to to anyone who needs it or wants it beyond uh, those who have addictions, but also addiction treatment. Uh, There's an element of criminal record expungement for people who go through certain steps. And I think there's also a childhood education uh, element to what Jim has for his dream. Uh, but but I'm, I'm not quite clear yet on what that is. I, I assume that it's meant to be sort of preventative, to, to, to get kids early and, and keep them out of uh, the realm of addiction problems. So, I mean, that when people talk about the governor having a big heart, I, I think that this is an example of that, that, you know, he, he sees these problems out there with West Virginia's workforce, uh, with people who could get jobs, but they can't pass drug tests, uh, the addiction issues, 
that are affecting families, and he's wrapped it all up under this Jim's Dream umbrella. Uh, he first mentioned it during the State of the State and then had a press conference yesterday to expand on it a bit, but still trying to figure out kind of what that is, how it will all work together, uh, and then the funding also is, of course, an issue. I'll tell you, the more he explained it, the more confused I got personally, because it just seemed like there were so many moving parts, and again, all under this umbrella of potentially $20 million. But it it was interesting, and it was one of those things that, um, you know, we talked to Barbara Evans Fleshauer, Delegate Barbara Evans Fleshauer, yesterday. And the one thing I will say about it all is I did appreciate the honesty of not fluffing around the subject and saying, oh, you know, we're, we're making some strides with our our drug fight right now. No, he said, guys, we're not doing well. We're not winning this. We've got to change things. So I appreciated that. But then again, the more I got details, the more I was going, now, wait a minute. Lots of questions. Yeah, I also appreciated the honesty to say it's not going well with uh, West Virginia's addiction issues. You know, frankly, having said that, there are areas of the state that are making strides. There are some improving numbers. Uh, but it's it's still clearly an uphill battle. Uh, but I, I did appreciate the blunt statement, uh, you know, frankly, in contrast to some of the hyperbole that surrounds West Virginia's economic numbers. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're often said to be far better than, than they really are once you take a look at them. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. It, it feels like several different components that kind of could work independently but they've been categorized as, as this sort of one thing, uh, a vision by the governor that, uh, you know, I, I, I wish somebody would sit down with me or spell it out on paper to say, well, this is how it's going to work, and this is how these parts of it are going to work together. Talking to Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney, you alluded to the economy, economic numbers. The governor very proud of that $185 million surplus to this point. Proposed a lot of spending, $150 million for teachers, or no, that was $150 million, I think, for PEIA, the teacher pay raises, state workers pay raises, somewhere, I think, in the neighborhood of $140 million, and we could go down through the list. It's a lot of increased spending, and we were commenting yesterday on the show, it kind of feels like we've stepped into the bizarro world a little bit because you have the Democrats who are, this is usually flip-flop in general, they're the ones now. Tim Miley, Roman Prezioso have come out and said, wait a minute, let's really look down at these numbers. How are the reactions to the governor's uh, big plans, big spending plans? What are the reactions from everybody else in the Capitol? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I was about to say something similar to the bizarro world comment <laughs> you just made because I, I sat through uh, the Senate Finance Committee meetings yesterday. There were There were actually there was one in the morning and one in the afternoon, both dealing with revenue and the governor's uh, spending proposals. And they did the same thing in the House, but I could only be in one place, believe it or not. But, you know, what I saw was the Democrats in particular saying, shouldn't we be holding the line on spending? How are we going to afford this years in the future? And it's, you know, to, to sort of categorize a political party, it's not the way you think of Democrats talking, but that's the way it was happening here. Uh, you know, and, and the points they were making were that, that the current economic resurgence in West Virginia uh, have largely been because of rebounding energy markets. Uh, coal exports, particularly steam coal and metallurgical coal, have been pretty strong. And the, the, 
development of these big pipelines, uh, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, the Mountain Valley Pipeline, um, the, the Express Pipeline. There are several of them that are requiring a lot of construction workers. Um, they're just all going on at the same time. But once those pipelines are built, uh, they won't really need that workforce anymore. They won't really be generating the income tax, the sales tax. So these are things that are, you know, that could be subject to a downturn in just a couple of years. And Democrats, on at least on Senate Finance, were pointing that out as um, as the governor's staff was going over the proposed spending. You know, this this may be fine right now, but how do you anticipate we will continue to pay for this stuff years into the future? And then. You know, in some ways, the same holds true for some of the tax cuts that the governor wants to do. I, I think the uh, rolling back the income tax on Social Security stands a great chance of passage because it's got support from both parties. But that would be about a $50 million annual hit to the budget. And then the idea of rolling back the property taxes that businesses and manufacturers pay, uh, probably $140 million annually. Uh, so that's that's a fairly heavy lift, and it, it's, I think, more politically dicey. Uh, so the question, yeah, how are you going to pay for all this stuff you want to do? You mentioned that the property taxes on business and inventory, the impact at the state level. I've got a feeling, talking to folks locally, you're going to get a pushback from county commissions around the state as well uh, for, you know, local counties – Local counties are kind of redundant, but for counties who depend on all of the property tax revenue they get, they're going to be left with a budget hole trying to fill it if they make this decision in Charleston. So uh, that seems like a tough sell at this point. Yeah, it really does. And that's that's also some uh, some of the questioning I have heard is if you take away that tax, how do you deal with counties and school systems and the budget holes that they may face? Uh, and the answer in response hasn't really been clear. Uh, it, it's been sort of promises to, to make good for counties and county school systems, but not necessarily a plan yet to do it. You know, that that property tax bill for businesses was introduced last year, too, and similar questions arose, and then the teacher strike happened, and it didn't make it out of committee. So... I'll be curious to see if if it makes it out of committee this year. And I think that directly relates back to one of the other big conversations we're hearing right now about hemp, medical marijuana, and that being a potential fix. But again, like you said, we're hearing a lot of things, but we don't see a plan. Yeah, you know, the just to bounce off the medical marijuana reference for a moment, uh, that issue has been how do you handle the money that, that vendors have to pay for the state in terms of fees, that kind of thing. And the question has been, well, banks may feel like they're going to get nailed on federal law and they're, they're shying away from handling the money. So the attorney general is supposed to come out with an opinion, he says, at high noon today uh, to try <laughs> to figure out how do you handle this money and, and make sure you're in line with federal law. Uh, so one of the questions has been, well, could credit unions handle it? Would they be brave enough to take that sort of risk? So we'll see what the attorney general says later on today. Um, but that's an issue that still needs to be uh, ironed out after that bill passed two years ago. And then, you know, you, you do hear talk about recreational marijuana 
up here, mostly coming from the Democrats. Uh, the governor has said out and out, I'm not for it. Uh, House Speaker Roger Hanshaw has said, I personally am not for it, though he didn't speak for the caucus. Uh, but that's an area where the Democrats say not only is society ready and the surrounding states are uh, moving toward it, but they point to the potential revenue that could come in, uh, potentially helping the state sort of broaden its income base. Metro News Statewide Correspondent Brad McElhenney. Uh, anything else making waves early on that has caught your attention that uh, might not have caught our attention quite yet? You know, the governor said some things during the state of the state that I'm still kind of trying to figure out, uh, one of which had to do with his desire to build large recreational lakes <laughs> right. that could also <laughs> generate hydroelectric power. And I, the way he said it, I wasn't really sure if it was uh, meant if the main emphasis was the tourism potential or if the main emphasis was the potential for hydropower uh, or if it's just just all that. I, and I, I haven't heard a thing about it since except for people puzzling over it. Uh, the governor also suggested tying promise scholarships to vocational education. Uh, and since you guys broadcast in the areas that include uh, West Virginia University and Fairmont, uh, certainly people would be uh, interested in what that means. The question that popped into my mind is what you hear coming out of the Senate is their desire uh, to, to provide grants for people to enter uh, vocational and community college schools. But does the governor plan something that is aligned with, with what the Senate wants to do, or would it in some ways compete with what the Senate wants to do? And I, I haven't really figured that out yet. He's Metro News Statewide Correspondent Brad McElhenney. It's only day three <laughs> down in the legislature. Hey, Brad, we appreciate the update. We'll check in sometime next week. Thanks, you guys. All right. Metro News Statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. It's Anything Goes Friday, 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. You can also text us, 304-TALK-304. Uh, we're on the Twitter, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. It's 920, Dave and Sarah. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Got to get into some issues with the Mountain Line Transit Authority in Montague County coming up uh, on the other side of the bottom of the hour news break. Brad McElhenney, Metro News Statewide correspondent, bringing up uh, some of the rumblings. Are they just rumblings at this point? Ripples in Charleston yeah. at this point uh, in the conversation. Yeah, the lakes thing confused me too. We talked about that yesterday. I do like the idea, though, of, and I don't know, and again, the devil's in the details of all of this as we get actually into the meat of the session, grants or time oh, yeah. promise scholarship to vo uh, vocational in, in the technical schools, how often do we talk about on this program? There, are, Look, there are jobs out there. I see that. If you listen to Inside Shale... On Tuesday morning with Kyle, they're talking about they can't find enough people. Right. The DOH can't find enough people, but they need people with certain skills. They need people to be certified in certain areas. So maybe instead of accumulating all this student debt and going and getting a degree in advanced philosophical studies, you learn to drive a truck or you learn a skill that is 
applicable to what's going on. You can make a great living. I was going to say it may not sound sexy, but at the end of the day, we need those people. And you are we're going to start to see pay wages go up for these jobs. We're going to start to see a shift societally where these blue collar jobs are going to start to be the cream of the crop. Look, they're all because we don't have enough people going into them. Supply and demand. People that I went to school with in high school who became diesel mechanics and electricians who have beautiful homes. They got a bass oh, boat. Yeah. They got all the toys. And when I say yeah. toys, ATVs in the world, because they're making a great living right now. Yeah. I read an article earlier this week. I think it was on BuzzFeed. And I don't normally read BuzzFeed articles. Shocker. I know. <laughs> but it was about millennial burnout. And one of the things that was brought up in that article was how you got to have the sexy job with the title and you got to have the, you know, the office and you got to be some sort of an influence. They use the term influencer. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And I'm sitting there thinking, what about making a good living? What about just having the job that gets you the house and, and get and gets your vehicles paid off and, you know, takes care of your wife and your kids and your family? Is Look, Dave, don't I, get me started on a rant because you're <laughs> well, missing a couple aspects of this, such as work ethic, because these are hard jobs. You're going to have to work hard. There's also an aspect of it that has to do with, well, why would they be so worried about making a good living whenever up until the age of, you know, 37, they're still living in their parents' basements, <laughs> getting all of their bills paid for them. And that's just okay. We had, I mean, it was a month ago now, but we did a whole segment on the show about issues with hiring people. And, and I don't want to pick on millennials. It's a, it's a wide range of people, but issues of hiring people where parents are going in and asking to be a part of the interview. Parents are the ones submitting the resume. They're showing up. They've had issues in some of these Fortune 500 companies where parents are following up on the interview and asking if they can come in and do the second interview on behalf of the child. I mean, we're just in this weird place. You're going to have to work if you want to make a good living. And at some point, we're going to see a huge breakdown with that. But to what you were saying initially... Looking at ways to help fund things like vocational schools is not only a step of getting them to bridge this gap straight into a career without student loan debt, without some of these other things, but also, my goodness, if we can get you out of a high school setting and get you into a vocational school that leads to a job, how does that start to impact our war on drugs? Hey, Jim, stay with me through the break. I want to get to your call. He wants to comment on the job market. Oh, yes. We want um, to give you time, though, Jim. You know what? I'm going to put you back on hold and uh, keep you through the news break because I, I want to hear your comment. I want to hear your comments as well. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. Uh, you can also text the show 304-TALK-304. You can send us a tweet at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. There's this idea... <laughs> I, I was collecting my thoughts there yes. for a minute. You're laughing at me. But there's this idea, and we've had this discussion uh, in Montague County. I had this discussion with Frank Devano, the former superintendent, when he would come in. This idea you are geared from the time you set foot on a public school. Not any public, but, but school. School. College, 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 college. And that's oh, forget not school. necessarily the end-all, be-all. Again, Oh, we don't have time for me to go off on my next rant. I was going to say, forget school. I had a baby. Part of the baby shower, we had people saying this is for the college fund. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is just an ideal that we have set in our that minds. could be your cruise And fund. we could be. All right. <laughs> we'll continue the conversation uh, after the news break. Uh, it's 930. Let's get an update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. Check in. Find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. 
You're listening to Dave and Sarah right here on WAJR. Now, back to the talk of the town on WAJR. Anything goes Friday, we'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. In the meantime, we'll talk about what we want to talk about. (laughs) 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the number to call in. You can also text us, 304-TALK-304, or on the Twitter, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Jim, thank you for waiting patiently. Good morning. Good morning to both of you. How you doing? Doing well, Great. Jim. Well, I'll be quick and succinct as possible. I, I, number one, I think you guys with this vocational thing are right on the money. And here's, I give you two reasons why. I have three uh, grown children. All three went to WVU, anywhere from PhDs to master's programs, okay? They all, thankfully, are working in their field. But what I'm amazed at are the number of kids who are their friends and associates who are not working in their field. And my, I'll get to the point of what you guys were making this morning is, Okay, you go and you major in something, and I'm not going to diminish anybody's major. Whatever it is that you major in, and the field is either asaturated or there's no job opportunities really with what you're doing. So they take a job at Walmart. They're working in fast food places. Some of them are working as waitresses in in restaurants. And I'm not demeaning any of these people. I'm saying, why are you spending the money to do this? And then, to make your point more palatable, is once they do that, they don't have the skills for a plumber. They don't have the skills to even drive a truck to do whatever it is, and they're, they're stuck in a job where they can't go anywhere. And I'll give you an example real quick. Kid that I grew up with, I'm 65 years old. Kid that I grew up with, we all kept playing baseball through high school and all this stuff, and this kid decided he was going to go to work with his dad, who was a plumber. <laughs> I will not mention the guy's name. He has been retired for at least 15 right. years, <laughs> and he is loaded. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go to college to, quote, make it. Hey, Jim, I appreciate the take there, buddy. Thank you for the call sure. this morning. Spot on, Jim. Yeah. And and I'll add, and I've said this before on here, but I also think there is a shift that it, it may just be coming. I think we're hearing more about it now within higher education, where I think we're going to start to see more of a focus on the career services side. And I think WVU has a great career services department. Don't get me wrong. But I've made this joke before. How many of our students coming in spend more time picking out their dorm room lamp than they do their <laughs> degree? You know, than, than the major that they want to major in. And how many people do we have going into general studies that are switching their degrees seven times because we're, we have to help people find what they're good at, what their skill sets are, and also what they're interested in. And again, this comes back to this world, though, of, but that also means whatever choice you make, you have to deal with the outcome of that. And you need to understand what the outcome is. Look, I was a double major in theater and music. I never thought for a second I'd make money, and I don't. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because... I knew that. I planned my life accordingly. I worked hard to get scholarships so that I wouldn't have student debt as much as possible coming out to try to offset some of that. I think some of this is also education around lifestyle surrounding certain careers and degrees. And again, good old-fashioned work ethic. But I don't know how you teach that in a school system. You got to teach that at home. There is nothing wrong with, as you put it, doing what you want to do. There's oh, yeah. nothing wrong with 
that, I, look, there's nothing wrong if you make the choice to go into whatever field you go into. Let's say you become a lawyer, just as an example. Yeah. And you work 80 hours a week and you build this law firm and, and that becomes your entire – that's your choice and that's fine. And you get all the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the six-figure salaries, the boat, the house, the country club, whatever it is right. you want. Yeah. But understand the choices you make. Like what you're saying, there are consequences to those. Yes. If you choose to be in radio, I understand what goes along with that. There are weird hours. You work holidays. I also do sports, which means you're on when everybody's off. If you were watching the national championship game Monday night, how many people are working to bring you that presentation? I understand that going into it, and thankfully my wife does as mm-hmm. well. If I wanted to have a nine to five or a more normal schedule, I wouldn't have got into. I wouldn't be right. in this business. You can't have it all, and I think too oftentimes we're brought up, and I say we because there uh, were people too, that I went yeah. to school with. Now, not necessarily my folks who tell you. You can have it all. You, you you can't. And there are choices you have to make. I was talking during the break. My dad could have worked a lot more overtime. And we probably could have had that bass boat. And, you know, a 100-acre hunting lease. And a lot of different things. But instead, he chose to work 40 hours, most unless it was mandated. Mm-hmm. So he could come home and coach the Little League team and coach mm-hmm. the summer ball teams. And go to track meets, and and my mom actually chose to stay home and eventually went back to work uh, once we were all in school. But they made decisions later on that I see, oh, this was a decision they made so we could do these things. Yeah. I'm just saying. Look, I don't know how I got off on that rant. Well, It's all started with Votech school. It's a cultural identity issue of needing things and – you are absolutely, I mean, whenever you talk about being able to work certain hours or work certain jobs because that's what you're passionate about, that's where your skill set is, that's absolutely fantastic. But you have to know then that you're probably going to have to live more humbly. And the problem is people don't want to sacrifice that. They still want all of these other bits that go with it. And, you know, we could then go off onto another tangent, Dave, because we're so good at it, especially <laughs> on Anything Goes Fridays, no about this idea, how this all really we're seeing this play into this world of everyone gets a trophy and and you know well, this is all part of it but it's all a cultural identity issue and we're seeing the repercussions of it now with the generation that's is here so much is so self-inflicted though part of the article i read on on buzzfeed about uh how there's pressure you know to have the pictures on instagram and you got to have the vacation mm-hmm. pictures and you got to have the the picture of the house and, the, and this and facebook and, and the social media i'm like but that's so self-inflicted, isn't it? That's you're putting. Nobody's really putting pressure on you. You're putting the pressure yeah. on you to put that up there. It's a modern day version of keeping up with the Joneses. And, and the artist in me reminds you that that's curated. That is someone picking the best of the best to put up, and they're curating this vision of a world that they live in, which may or may not be an accurate portrayal. Let's just put it that way. 800-765-8255-304-TALK-304. It's Anything Goes Friday. We'll take a couple of calls other side of the break. 941, Dave and Sarah. We're talking about your town on WAJR. I don't know if we're going to get to Mountain Line Transit or not today because we got on a It doesn't a look like it. Uh, Monday here on the show, Mountain Line Transit Authority, is he GM or executive director? Dave Bruffy, who heads up Mountain Line, uh, is going to 
<laughs> He's going to join us here on the show, and we're going to discuss some of the issues that have come up again uh, concerning bus routes, shelters, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Did I say that correctly? Et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that Monday coming up on the show. Right now, it's Anything Goes Friday, 800 765 Talk, 800 765 8255. You can also text us, 304 Talk 304. Mike in Morgantown, you're up, buddy. Good morning. You know, uh, I was listening to what you were talking about, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes one of the problems that we deal with, we talk about the people that don't do things. Mm-hmm. We talk about the mm. people that don't really work and don't apply themselves. They, about the kids that go home after school and don't do their homework as compared to the kids that do go home after school and do their homework and are accountable. That's one of the reasons why we have one of the tough schools in the state of West Virginia. It's because a lot of those kids and their families value education, and they know that. Also, I wanted to mention, you mentioned about plumbers and electricians. Absolutely. Those people that are expert plumbers and electricians can make a good job, a good salary, rather. But they have to know their business. They have to know their trade. They have to be trained. They have to be excellent. And if they are, they can get all the work they want. Uh, hey, Mike, appreciate yeah, your you, call Mike. this morning. Thank you very much. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. And just one follow-up there, because I, I thought he was going one direction, and he mm-hmm. swerved where I thought he was going to, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, he juked when I thought he was going to swerve. Anyway, uh, the, you know the reason we spend time talking about all of the ones, and we don't spend time, we hear this criticism, how come we don't talk about the achievers, the ones who are making the straight A's, who go off to school and, and become, you know, doctors, make something of themselves. Well, the reason why is nobody, they don't become society's problem, to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. The ones who are, when you have to provide public health care, public this and that, where taxpayer money has to go in to try to help these things, that's why we end up talking about that end of it. How can we bring this end up? And I'm afraid instead of bringing the bottom up to meet the top, we spend actually at the end of the day, we bring the top down to the bottom and we all fall in this middle range of mediocrity. And I think we're seeing a shift in majority and minority on that. Hmm. I That's think we're seeing more of a balance. It, it, yes. Go on. That's interesting. We can my take takes, the next call before I get My take's always you should try to catch – Whoever is the best, the goal should be to catch them. The goal should not be to hold the best back until the bottom catches up. Uh, Ron wants to talk property tax. Morning, Ron. Yeah, I want to talk about property tax, not not a homeowner. I'm talking about, for example, I just paid a tax on my vehicle for the year. Mm-hmm. It's $400 for one vehicle. Now, this is, I don't think a whole lot of states have this type of tax where they're taxing your personal property that isn't that's not land or home. And we want people to move. So if, if I move here from Virginia and I change my plate, I'm also going to get a bill for like between four and five hundred dollars. Right. Because I'm going to pay a tax on that personal property uh, for my vehicle. And that's a deterrent, I would think, to get people to move to this state because most states don't have that type of tax i'm adding like two thousand dollars to my vehicle over a four-year period mm-hmm. um so you talk about the possibility of ending the business inventory tax and mm-hmm. it's going to go to a statewide vote i don't see how that ever would pass 
because they have to replace it with something. And individuals who are constantly taxed every year on their boats, their campers, their 4 by 4 their vehicles. As a native West Virginia, I just pay this every year thinking, it's just, well, that's just, that's just what we do. But most states don't have that. Mm-hmm. Hey, if Ron. you live in Virginia, I don't think you're paying a tax on your vehicle every year. Uh, actually, I did. I lived in Virginia several years. Well, yeah, Pennsylvania we paid per- personal property over there. Is, yeah. a, is a close and good example, though. Where, But here's the other thing, though. Your actual physical property tax is much, much higher. But then you're not taxed the same way on your toys, mm, if okay. that makes sense. So okay. it, it benefits you if you're someone that has a lot of toys. But if you're someone that has a lot of property but not a lot of toys, it doesn't necessarily benefit you. So there are, I mean... Uh, there's pros and cons, but you're definitely right. It's different per state. I lived in uh, Loudoun County. And, Ron, thank you for the call. Appreciate it yeah, very thanks, much. Yeah, thanks, Ron. I uh, lived in Loudoun County, Virginia. And when we moved back here, when I took this job in, in 10, tax bill went down. And my wife, the auditor, was keeping an eye. Tax bill went down, and it was a significant amount. When you added every Now, that's adding everything up when you're talking about the income tax over in Virginia and then the, the with the with the state. With the, with the personal property, with the, the property taxes and everything else. And then they tack, they have levies. They have all these other fees they tack on as well. So depends on location, depends on where you are. But I get yeah. what you're saying there, Ron. Uh, squeezing the final break? Yeah, we and better. we'll uh, work our way into the top of the hour. It's Anything Goes Friday. Uh, we'll take a couple of texts in as well. 304-TALK-304. Still time for a call or two at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255-952. Dave and Sarah. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. It's Anything Goes Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. I don't know. We ended up on a couple of soapboxes this morning. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We really did. This was not the plan for the show, but that's what I love about Friday. That's why we call it Anything Goes. Thomas in Bridgeport, you're up. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've been listening to your talk and uh, fully agree with everything you say. I've been in technical training for over 20 years, and uh, our, our students that graduate from our program in 21 months are offered jobs before they even graduate. And we've got seven companies at the North Central West Virginia Airport that hire them directly before they graduate, and they make a good living. And students that I had 20 years ago are still uh, having a fruitful career in this area. So we like to say we can train students here to work right here in our home state of West Virginia. So, Hey, Thomas, I, may I yeah. ask uh, where you are doing the training? Uh, we're doing it at the North Central West Virginia Airport, and I have had many oh. students come down from Morgantown. And I just got a call from the Morgantown Airport looking for a part-time employee. And uh, we're the Robert C. Byrd National Aerospace Education Center, part of Pierpont Community Technical College. And we provide the FAA-approved training that they become aviation maintenance technicians. Mm-hmm. And the certification they get is good for life and anywhere in the United States and anything from the smallest to the largest aircraft. You know, Thomas, I w- if I were 16, 17, 18, I don't even know. What did you – aviation maintenance – what did you just say? Technology. <laughs> aviation maintenance technology. That wouldn't even occur to me. I don't even no, know if anybody's is- presenting these ideas. I've been going to all the schools around the area. I've been to the North Marion uh, uh, Votech Center. I've been up to Morgantown to some of their schools to talk to their students. 
We've even set up a special uh, program for the Harrison County seniors where they can come to our school for half a day, and in their senior year, they'll earn credits towards the FA certification. They'll get their high school diploma, and they'll have uh, 12 credit hours through Pierpont Community Technical College for an associate's degree. Wow. Awesome. So a, a, last, a, a quick last question for you here. Are your classes full? Is your is your roster full? <laughs> we, we, we are getting there. We've gotten the word out, and uh, we start in the fall. Uh, we start 50 new freshmen every fall, and we start uh, – uh, approximately 10 students, what we call off-cycle starts, They're, they start in the spring semester, and uh, classes start Monday for those. And we've helped uh, uh, high school people, we've helped uh, uh, adults, and right now we're working with several uh, people who were laid off by uh, Milan, and they're coming mm -hmm. to our program to get their yeah. A&T certificate so they can have another career right here in, nor in northern West Virginia. Hey, Thomas, we got to run, but keep up the good work. Thanks for the call, Thank and uh, we appreciate you listening. Well, thank you. All right. Take care. You too. Now, Thomas. That program should be so full there's a wait list. Absolutely. That is the point That's I'm getting exactly at. That's exactly what should we're be talking so about. Full. Thank you, Thomas. That should just be, I mean, yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's a cool title, too. <laughs> that, that was, so cool you couldn't even say it, Dave. That was not even, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even ever presented when I was well, in school. Well, it, it might not have existed the way it does now. We have so many... To the degree that things are now, we have so many new technology types of positions that are exciting. That's you know what, what we need to do? Uh, we need to reach out. We need to get Pierpont, somebody from Pierpont on at some point soon. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll continue this. Hoppy Kurtzville, speaking of a waiting list, he's coming up next. Bunch of news talk line. We're back Monday morning, 906. Dave and Sarah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.